We are talking about what? The power of thanksgiving. I want to close it, but I'm not sure if I can. But let's do our best. You know, we've been talking about, you know, okay, let's, before I do that, let me say this. <clears throat> we started with the scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, which is our foundational scripture. It says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. What is the will of God? That we give thanks in everything. In everything we give thanks. Now, we talked about the life of Joseph. We talked about the life of David. And how, no matter what you go through, that it is important for us to remain in the plan and purposes of God, to always maintain an attitude of thanksgiving. And be thankful to God because we may not be able to see the entire plan of God, but God knows you from the, from the, God knows the end from the beginning. So as I surrender myself, I may go through some situation that I may not like, that I may not desire, that I may not enjoy, but that is called process. And as I yield myself in, in those situations, and I begin to give praise to God, knowing that my God is in charge of my life. My God is busy molding me and making me to be the person that he intended for me to be, that I can be more fruitful and bring glory to God. Then I can rest in peace and know that one day what God had promised in my life shall come to pass. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Besides this, we talked about praise or thanksgiving being a weapon. Remember, I spoke to you from Acts chapter 16, where Paul and Silas were locked in the prison. What did they do? They began to sing praises unto God. Let me tell you, my friend, when you're going through a very tough time, when it seems inexplainable as to why it should have happened to you, and what wrong have I done? What, do I, what did I do to deserve this? And you don't feel like giving thanks is when you must give thanks. When you can't see a way, to, way out of your situation, it seems like you're locked into it. It seems like there is nobody out there to help you. That is the time we need to practice giving thanks to God. With me, go with me to Hebrews chapter 13, please, and verse 15. Hebrews 13 and 15. Hallelujah. By him, therefore, let us offer what? Come on, everybody. The sacrifice of praise to God. How long? That's a key. Keep thanking the Lord continually. It's, it doesn't say for some time. It doesn't say a thousand times. It doesn't say 10,000 times. It says continually be give, give, give thanks to God. When? And offer it as a what? sacrifice. Do you know sacrifice means it will cost you something? That means when I don't feel like giving thanks, I begin to give thanks. It's costing me because everything in me is yelling at me and saying, are you crazy? How can you give thanks in this situation? It doesn't make sense to say thank you to the Lord when things have not gone the way you desired. And it didn't go the way you prayed. It did not go the way you planned. How can you give thanks? I don't care. I know my God is in charge of my life. I know my God owns me. And I know He's busy working on my life. It may not make sense to me. And I may not understand what I'm going through. But I'm going to offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. 
Hallelujah. I'm going to do what? Offer the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And what happened? When Paul and Silas began to give thanks to God, God intervened supernaturally. See, what am I doing? I'm activating a spiritual law, a spiritual principle. My attitude of thanksgiving, my expression of a sacrifice of thanksgiving is causing something to happen in the heavens where God cannot sit still. He begins to move to come to help to my aid. Hallelujah. That's not only do we see this in the book of Acts, but if you go even to the book of Chronicles, 1 Chronicles, we read about chapter 20, we read about, read about Jehoshaphat. When he was facing an impossible situation of so many armies that, are, that have been arrayed against him to come and to annihilate and to capture and to take over the nation, the thing that Jehoshaphat did was he began to praise he put the musicians in front. He said, listen, this is what I want you to do. The Lord is good. Do you know that's not a nice saying alone? It's a weapon. You, when you're going through a hard time, just keep saying that. The Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever. The Lord is good. Not that I deserve His help. Not that I've earned His help. Not that I've earned His favor. It's His Mercy, hallelujah. The Lord is good and His mercy endureth forever. Glory to God. Lord, I know I don't deserve this help. I don't deserve any good thing from you. Because Lord, you, you know who I am and you know how I am. But Lord, I know also that who you are. You're a God of mercy. You're a God of grace. And so Father, I call upon you in this dire situation. In this, in this difficult situation that I'm in. And I can't find a way out. I don't know what to do. All that I'm going to do now is I'm going to thank you, Lord God. I give thanks to God. The Lord is good. Say it again. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Amen. Yes, that's what we got to keep saying. The Lord is good. I don't know, Lord. I, am, I find myself in this fix. Nothing is working, Lord. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17, please. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, Lord. Hallelujah. Neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail. And the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. And there shall be no herd in the stalls. Keep going. And yet, yet will I rejoice. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Hallelujah. The God of my salvation. The Lord is my Savior. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my provider. The Lord is the one that delivers me. He is my deliverer. He is the great deliverer. So Lord, I know you will open that womb that has been sealed for a long time. I know you will make the barren to shout with joy. For that the barren shall have more children than the other one. Hallelujah to God. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Lord, but how am I going to win the favor of God? By, making, by rejoicing in Him and giving thanks to God. Remember, thanksgiving is a weapon. Thanksgiving is a spiritual weapon. Please don't ever forget this. It's easy 
to give thanks when things go the way you want them to go. But you know, when you feel depressed, when you're feeling discouraged, when you feel hopeless, when you find that there seems to be no way out, give thanks. It may not work out the way you planned, but it'll work out the way God planned. And it will always be for your good. All things work toward your good. All things work together for good to them that love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. So don't misunderstand me when I say you begin to give thanks and things will happen. Yes, when you begin to give thanks to God, things will happen the way God planned for your life. It may not be the way you wanted it to be. Yet at the end you will say, Lord, I thank you. Hallelujah, I thank you, my God. Lord, I desired this route. But Lord, I thank you for prohibiting me from walking in that way because you had a better plan for my life. At that point of time, I might have been crying. At that point of time, I might have lost all hope of living and living for the future. I might have lost all hope about the future. I didn't even feel like living. I wanted to commit suicide. I wanted to die. But Lord, I thank you for keeping me awake. Lord, I thank you for keeping me from committing that, you know, committing suicide. And thank you for delivering me from that thought pattern. And Lord, putting me on the path of your will and purpose for my life. You may not realize it at that point of time, but there will come a time when you will. Hallelujah. And in hindsight, you will say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for whatever you've done. Now, let's go to another aspect of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is not only a spiritual weapon, it's a spiritual key. Hallelujah. Let's go to uh, Psalm 100, please. Psalm 100 and verse 1. Yeah. Psalm 100, verse 1, 2, and 4. Thanksgiving is a spiritual weapon. <coughs> Sorry, spiritual key. Make a what? Hallelujah. It's not wrong to be joyful in church. See? We've been raised, many of us, it may not be this present generation, but the generation we came from, when you were laugh, when you went to church, you could be laughing outside the doors, but the moment you stepped in, you had to have a sour face. That's called solemnity. That's how they described it. And so we were raised with the idea that you cannot be loud, you cannot shout, you cannot be, you know, you cannot be expressive. You have to have a very sad countenance. But the Bible says, hey, you know, just now as we were worshiping God and you were doing, you know, as we started praise, there was a comment on the comment section in our uh, chat, in the chat. And the chat, one of the ladies said, stop this drama of all these instruments. Drama? Have you read the book of Psalms? Have you read the book of Psalms? How can you say you cannot have instruments in praising God? The Bible is replete with all these examples. God, you know, David was the one that introduced symbols. Hallelujah. He wanted all kinds. He said, let's praise the Lord on a ten-stringed harp. He gave, an in, he gave us instructions to use instruments to praise the Lord. Make a what? A joyful noise 
I like that word noise. That means it doesn't have to be in tune. Everybody can make their own noise. Come on. Make a noise unto the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on. Yes. Make a noise. Joyful noise. Joyful noise. Hallelujah to God. You know, the Bible talks about uh, this uh, little girl who was only 12 years old who, was, who died as Jesus was coming to the house. And he raised her from the dead. But when he came close to the house, the Bible says they were professional mourners. <laughs> and they were not mourning under their breath. They were loudly mourning. You can make a noise through mourning and complaining. But God is attracted to the noise of joy. Hallelujah. His presence is attracted to His people that know how to make a joyful noise. Come on, make some noise. Whoa, hallelujah to Jesus. Glory. Glory, hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Make a joyful noise. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Not just Israelites. Not just the Jews. All the lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with Stop, stop the drama of singing and sound and music. The Bible says come with singing. I don't know what Bible you're reading, lady. But my Bible says make a joyful noise. And my Bible says come into the presence of the Lord with what? Singing. Glory be to God. Go to verse 4, please. Enter his gates with what? So never enter God's presence with complaining, questioning, blaming, and murmuring. If you want audience with the King of Kings, you always are permitted to enter in only when you come with thanksgiving. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Into His courts with what? Praise. And be thankful unto, the, unto Him and bless His name. Glory be to God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Thanksgiving, my friends, is the key that opens the gate into the courts of our Lord. Courts are shut. Gates are shut. But the gates are opened to enter into his presence when we come with thanksgiving. Courts represent his presence. Thanksgiving and praise are the keys that usher a person into the presence of God. In his presence, the Bible says, there is what? Fullness of joy. Hallelujah. He is the one, the only one, that can turn your mourning into dancing. Is the only one that can lift the grief in your heart and replace it with joy that passeth understanding. Hallelujah. 
But to get to that place, you need to enter into his courts. That means come into his presence. But how do I come into his presence? I give thanks. Based on my circumstances, based on my experience, based on the hard knocks I've gone through or the pain I am, I'm going through. No, based on his character that oh, whatever God does is always for my good. He loves me and he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He said, my plans for you are for good and not for evil. Glory be to God. Whatever he said. So it's based on what the Bible says. How do I know my God? By reading his word. And allowing the Holy Spirit to make it real in my heart. Coming into an experience with him. It's not just knowing in the head. It's tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. That's why my friend. If you want to be strong in the Lord. You have to have an encounter with God. Otherwise, after a period of time, whatever you think about God will become a religion. But when you have encounters, it becomes reality. And you need a real experience in the living God. Every one of us needs to have an encounter with God. Okay. Hallelujah. Right. Now, when you complain and murmur, I wrote this down. Nothing reduces a man as complaining does. Nothing reduces a man as complaining does. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 10 please. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 10. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured. And what happened? They were destroyed. Is it up there? Yeah, read, read with me. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. See, murmuring attracts something. Praise attracts something. Murmuring attracts something. Praise attracts deliverance. Murmuring attracts destruction. Don't forget that. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1, please. Numbers 11, verse 1. And when the people complained, watch this, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Watch this. When they complained, when they murmured, the Bible says it displeased God. Do you want to please God or displease Him? I said, do you want to please Him or displease Him? You cannot displease, sorry, please God by complaining, murmuring, blaming, and questioning. Because when I trust God, hallelujah, I do not question his integrity. When I trust God, I do not question his word. When I trust God, I trust based on who God is to me and what he has declared of himself in the word. Hallelujah. Are you with me, everybody? God loves me. I may not feel like it, but I believe it. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Lord, if you will never leave me and never forsake me, why is all this happening? Why does it feel like you're millions of miles away? Why does it feel like my prayers, when I pray, are hitting a brass roof and dropping back again? Why does it feel like I'm lonely? Don't question. Lord, that is my experience. I'm praying, but it seems like my prayers are bouncing off a brass roof. 
I'm praying, but I feel like I'm a million miles away. I'm praying, but I feel like, Lord, I don't feel your presence. I don't sense you. But Lord, heaven and earth will pass away, but not your word. So Father, in the midst of this pain, in the midst of this dry spell, in the midst of this desert experience, this wilderness experience that I'm walking through, I will say thank you, Lord. Why? Because I want his presence to become a reality. I am not going to ever have his presence become a reality by complaining and murmuring and grumbling and questioning his integrity and his word. Are you with me, everybody? It displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. That means, listen, they didn't say this to God. They were saying among themselves. Oh, if God was there, why did this happen to us? Why, why is he putting us in, in this position where if I walk forward, I'm going to drown. If I walk backwards, I'm going to be speared. It seems like it's go we're going to die. Moses, why did you bring us here to kill us? They never said all this to God. They said it among themselves. And God heard it. What are you saying? What are you saying to one another? What are you saying out there in the world? How are you expressing yourself to others? God heard it. And, it, and his anger was kindled. Whoa. Don't ever get God on the wrong side, please. It's dangerous to fall into the hands of an angry God, the Bible says. It is dangerous. He was angered. His anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them. Watch this. Not only we're in the center, but the uttermost parts of the camp. You could not escape that anger of God. Whether you're here in Hyderabad, or out there in America, or somewhere else in the uttermost parts of the world like New Zealand, the fire will burn you. Hello. I'm not scaring you. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just saying, don't fall into the trap of becoming a complainer and a murmurer and a grumbler. Because when you murmur and grumble, it displeases God. His anger is kindled and the fire of the Lord will fall. Say amen. Hallelujah. Always, wait, always come into his presence with thanksgiving. As Psalm 50 verse 14, please. Psalm 50 verse 14. Offer unto God what? Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Offer what? So when I say thank you to God, when I don't feel like, do you, re do you realize that I'm actually giving an offering to God? Because it's a sacrifice. Lord, this month my business did not do as well. But I offer thanksgiving unto you. Lord, I thought I would succeed and land this job. I did not, but I offer thanks to you, Lord God. I don't know why it happened. I prepared well. I went and I, and I did my best. And I, I really believed. I even sowed seed, Lord. And I prayed in the Holy Ghost. But it did not happen, Lord. I give thanks to you. But many say, well, I gave thanks. I went to church. You know, I sowed seed. Nothing happened. So why should I go to church anymore? They get angry with God and stop going to church.
You call that wisdom or foolishness? Tell your neighbor that, please. But isn't that what people do? They get angry with God that something that they prayed for, they really yearned for, and somebody even prophesied that they will have it. It did not work out. Now they blame God, they blame the prophet. They don't realize that the prophecy might not be yet for that time, but it will manifest. But you can cause the prophecy never to happen in your life because you become a complainer and a murmurer. So don't stop giving thanks to God no matter what. Lord, I don't know, but I want to say thank you. I don't understand, but I want to say thank you, Lord. Because I come into your presence with thanksgiving. Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High. Psalm 95 verse 2. Let us come before his presence with how? Thanksgiving. Please, I want you to get this, please. Because this is where a lot of people miss out. Thanksgiving praise have to be detached from emotion. Your emotion can be involved, but if you are led by your emotions, it will be very difficult to give thanks. So thanksgiving and being thankful to God is not necessarily based on your emotion. Your emotions may be shattered. You may be actually literally crying and tears dropping down your cheek, but you can still say, Lord, I'm broken on the inside. I don't know why I'm going through this painful experience. It is very hard, Lord. Yet, Lord, I will not blame you. I will not question you. I will not murmur. But I will say thank you in the midst of this situation. Because I know you are the only deliverer I have. You're the only one that can set me on a broader place or a larger place. I cried unto the Lord, the Bible says. And he delivered me and placed me in a broad place. Hallelujah. I cried unto the Lord, and he delivered me. The Lord is my deliverer. Let us come before him with his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with what? With psalms. Again, you read the word joyful noise. The church is a place you can make a joyful noise. Your home is a place where you can make a joyful noise. Your secret place is a place where you can make a joyful noise. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Don't say, I don't have a place to pray. I've heard men of God give testimonies where when they were young and when they were small and their ministry had not grown and they were living in one-bedroom apartments or one-bedroom, one room, and the whole family with them, they would actually go literally into the washroom and lock themselves and pray. And then there are others who just said after everybody slept, they would go out on the road and into the field, the football field, and pray. Pastor Winston, in fact, shared once that he said when he had no place in his home to pray, in the early mornings, cold, in the cold, he would wear leather, whatever, you know, jackets and to keep himself warm and go into the soccer field there and, or, the, or the football field and he would pray and he would pray. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. And praying with what? A thankful attitude. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him. Hallelujah. Psalm 50 verse 23. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. Something is happening here. When I praise God, what am I doing? You know what glorify means? The dictionary says to acknowledge and reveal the majesty and the splendor of God. To reveal, to acknowledge and reveal the majesty and splendor of God. 
Whoso offereth praise glorified me, and to him that ordereth this conversation aright, I will show salvation. Thanksgiving will always provoke, provide, uh, sorry, provoke divine intervention. Look at Psalm 67 verse 5, please. Psalm 67 verse 5. Let the people praise. Let the people do what? What is the word praise? I looked up the word praise and the dictionary says, the expression of respect and gratitude as an act of worship. The expression of respect. So you cannot disrespect God when you come to praise Him. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. You see, that's why even when you're dancing in the presence of God, we have to be careful that it brings respect to God. It cannot be with sensual moves. Half exposing your body and moving and gyrating like you would see in Bollywood movies and to a Christian tune. I don't think you attract God's presence. Although you're using godly words, you will attract the demonic powers. Come on now, amen? So be careful. We got to be careful, my friend. That dancing is, is a weapon. Let me tell you, dance is a weapon. We're going to look at that as well. God, God honors the dance that we dance in His presence. But the dance has to bring respect and honor to God, not disrespect. See, sensual moves and half-clad women will bring, attract what? Evil, because that is what the devil wants. The purpose of those moves is to create an image in the opposite sex to do something ungodly. Talk to me, somebody. I may not be a popular guy here from today, but I'm telling you the truth. I don't care. Amen? But we got to be careful how we do things. Don't take it to the extreme and we say, no more dancing. No, no, no. God's word talks about dancing being a weapon, but dance in a decent way that brings glory to God. Hallelujah. We jump and dance in the presence of God to bring glory to God. So let the people praise thee, O Lord. Let all the people praise thee. Watch this. This is what I wanted to say. Let all the people praise thee. When people praise God, something happens. Then, somebody say then. then. Come on, say it again. Then. That means when we praise God, hallelujah, when we respect and show our gratitude as an act of worship to God, then shall the earth yield her increase. Something supernatural is provoked that my seed that I planted will bear fruit. Jesus. And God, even our own God, shall bless us. Hmm. Our God will bless us. Hallelujah. Our God will bless us. When? That's why when you bring your tithes and your offerings, don't sow it with a grumbling attitude, with a complaining attitude. Rejoice and give thanks. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the divine opportunity to release my seed. And I do so with thanksgiving because my thanksgiving will invoke and provoke something in the supernatural that whatever I've sown will bear much fruit. Let me tell you, there are many, many high percentage of Christians today in the church who have been exposed to the teaching of seed time and harvest who are not harvesting. There's something wrong. 
The Bible cannot be wrong. The word cannot go wrong. Why are they not harvesting? Because there's something wrong with the attitude. There's something wrong in the way we sow our seed. And the, and the heart with which we sow. Many times it becomes a routine and we sow out of obligation. Many times we sow out of pressure. What will they think? The what people are watching. And sometimes because the pastor may know. I assure you my friends, I don't know what you sow. I don't even look at that. I'm not joking. I don't sit where they count the money. So I don't even know. So don't worry about me, okay? <laughs> I will not frame my opinion based on that. And I want you to know that. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. See, when I give thanks, so my sowing should be accompanied with what? Hallelujah. That's why the Bible talks about giving, sowing as an act of worship. Hallelujah. I worship God. See, Abraham laid his son on the altar and he worshiped God. It's an act of worship. That's why I say when I'm talking about sowing and reaping and I'm trying to encourage, don't start opening your envelopes and shoving some money in it. No, wait and listen to the voice of the Holy Ghost. Listen to what the Lord has to say. If you've already heard him back home, fine. Get prepared and come. But if you haven't, right now is not the time. This is the time you must listen to him and see what the Lord is saying. Sometimes we can prepare at home and come, back, come with the envelope filled. And then God might say, not that much. Pull it out. He may say, not that much. More. Put it in. Add to it. But do it with thanksgiving. Not out of obligation. I'm telling you, my friend, you and I have to come to the place where we come, where we come to the understanding. It is not right for me to lack in life. It's an anomaly for a child of God to beg bread. It is an anomaly for a child of God to beg, beg bread. No, you're not supposed to. And God has made all provision in his word. That we may enjoy fullness and abundance. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Let me quickly go through this and we'll close with this. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. It says, Lord. There is so much more but I don't know what to do. Okay. Let me see if I can. Prayer should always proceed with what? Thanksgiving. Philippians 4 chapter Chapter 4, verse 6. Okay, let's stop there because it's, I've gone way beyond time. So i got to stop here. We'll, we'll pick it up from here, okay, next week. From Prayer should always proceed with Thanksgiving.